Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today we're hopping the party bus and taking a trip around the division. Well, the Bears finally showed us some life. I've said all year that they had better players than these coaches were letting us see. Uh, The offense finally decided to let their guys play some ball. The backs got some blocks, their receivers got open, had some room for some yards after the catch, and the next thing you know, the Bears put 451 yards of total offense up. 40 points, and an impressive 7 yards per play. Uh, They won the turnover battle, they ran for 178 yards, and it wasn't all Justin Fields. But was this really the coming out party that Chicago fans are saying it was? Bloodly, no. Uh, Was it the Justin Fields coming out party? that Chicago fans are saying it was. Also, bluntly, no. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Fields played badly. He obviously didn't. I mean, 282 yards and four touchdowns with no picks is a performance you'll take, whether it's by hook or by crook. I'm just saying that this one, I think, might have been a little bit by crook. Of the 282 passing yards Fields had, all but 52 was to DJ Moore, who got a lot of that on yards after the catch. Like, and what they're doing right now is what the offense should have been doing for this entire season. You get the ball to Moore, or there is a second read, or Fields runs. That's, that's your offense with Justin Fields right now for this team. I don't know why they thought something else might work, but they did. They tried it. It didn't. Now they're doing this, and it is going a lot better than it was previously. I will say that. The defense didn't allow a touchdown until they were up 27-3 in the third quarter. Khalil Herbert ran for 76 yards on 10 carries and then fell victim to the limited capacity of ankles to bend uh, on one of Fields' not-so-great throws, let's say. Uh, We will see the Bears and find out whether or not they can keep that running game going without overly leaning on Justin Fields. Like Fields and Hurts last year, both missed time. Anthony Richardson is already down this year. The NFL's new quarterback superpower... Is that not worth having your guy around for a couple of games a year? I guess we'll find out over time. But can Matt Eberflus afford to not lean on Justin Fields to preserve his long-term career? Like, he likely has to get to six wins to keep his job after the way this year has gone, and that, that is about what this roster should manage on paper. It's just going to be a lot harder now because they spotted the league the first four games. Like, the Bears finally did what they're supposed to do on offense the last two weeks, and yes, that was against the worst defense in the NFL and the eighth worst defense in the NFL. What seems to be pretty clear with the Bears is if you can bottle up DJ Moore, and Aaron Glenn has historically been pretty good at bottling up one single receiver, the Bears' offense isn't worth much outside of that fields to DJ Moore connection at this point. Their defense looked better, but playing with a three-score lead for most of the game makes all defenses look better. Like, I'll start believing this defense is real when the Bears win a game where there's a total of under 50 points. They've got no chance in the playoffs after an 0-4 start. They're just not going to get there. 
But the Bears have shown something the last couple weeks, and I think they should get credit for that. On to the Vikings. Justin Jefferson's on IR. Went down in the fourth quarter. If they win a single game without him in the lineup, I'm going to be shocked. Like, Jordan Addison is a decent receiver. Hawkinson is what he is. We're all familiar with that. But Jefferson was the straw that stirred the drink for their offense. Like, they were not able to come back against the Chiefs, and the story for the Vikings remained the same as it's always been this season. Fumble in the first drive. Give up an immediate touchdown. Play catch-up for the rest of the game. Like, they, they did catch up by halftime, but then they gave up two touchdowns in the third quarter without answering, and they were only able to claw one of them back in the fourth. The Chiefs may not be as good as they've been in previous seasons, but they are still the defending Super Bowl champions, and they are still a very good team. Like when they played the Panthers, there was a clear difference in talent level on the field. The Vikings, that is. Without Jefferson for an extended period, my prediction that they would pass the Packers by the end of the year is frankly in danger. And that takes me to the Packers. Remember weeks ago when I was telling you that Jordan Love was throwing arm punts and other teams were just not catching them. Well, remember when I told you that the league was going to get wise to that and start playing the ball? And there was at least going to be an intermediate period where he looked like absolute garbage and whether he recovered from that, something that nearly every quarterback goes through in their time in the league in their first season. That was going to determine whether he was a good quarterback or... Another first-round bust. Like, when teams get enough tape to formulate a game plan on the new offensive wrinkles that the team has with their new, young, shiny quarterback in, there's always a period like this. Usually, like, weeks three to eight kind of thing. And how fast a guy comes out of that is usually a pretty good indicator of whether or not he is legitimately a starting quarterback in the NFL. A lot of guys never do. We are squarely in the middle of that period for Jordan Love right now. He started the year with six touchdown passes in two games. But in those two games, he also only completed 55.8% of his passes. He averaged 202 yards passing per game in those two games. And since then, he's thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions. Like after his one-in-one game against the Saints, where the secondary handed the Packers the game in the fourth quarter with a ridiculous number of defensive holding and pass interference penalties, the Lions exposed him in their 34-20 drubbing of the Packers, and the Raiders' defense showed up to play on Monday night. The only reason the game wasn't a complete blowout is that the Raiders' offense is as bad as the Packers' offense. The Packers have some dudes on defense, but they're always a couple years away from being able to say that, and it doesn't really look right now like the QB is one of them. He's only completed 60% or more of his passes in one game this year. And that was against the Lions. Against prevent defenses where it really didn't matter. But how does he look in my QB metrics that I use? Well, his yards per attempt is actually a respectable 6.7 on the year. That's not bad. It's not what you want. It's not above that 7 threshold, but it's it's okay. His adjusted area, or, his adjusted area yards per attempt, though, are only 6, which is almost a yard lower. And while his 4.9% touchdown percentage is above the 4.5 threshold, despite having only thrown two TD passes in the last three games... Love's interception percentage has climbed to 3.7, almost doubling the 2% threshold that is acceptable for a quarterback. And you can't win games with your quarterback playing like this. 
which is why the Packers have dropped two in a row. But they do have a defense that most offensive coordinators are not going to be willing to exploit the way that the Lions did. Like the new hotness on offense, is it willing to run the ball 35 times if that's what's working? And then run it some more. They're not comfortable taking all of those short passes. And not able to use the expectation that they're going to take those short passes to set up deeper passes. They're just skipping to the end part. Most OCs seem to have taken a more Mike Martzian stance that every play should be designed to create a touchdown. And that's a flawed mindset that doesn't work with average talent unless you've got a team loaded with Hall of Famers. Trying to play that way doesn't work. And that's what the Raiders are doing on offense right now. Uh, That's their head coach's mindset, seemingly. So my prediction that the game would get it ahead didn't come true, but the Packers did lose. And you could look at one of last night's interceptions. Love had three. And you could say that that was a tipped ball, but the ball wouldn't have been tipped if he hadn't thrown the ball behind the receiver where the guy who tipped it could get his hand on it. Bad throw. Jumped by the defensive back. Linebacker gets a gift for his second pick of the night. The first one of those two was Love just ignoring the coverage and throwing it directly at a guy. And that's the season of Jordan Love in a nutshell. Underthrows, not reading coverage well at all. Teams have now picked up on it, and they are burying him. So, Lions are atop the division at 4-1 on a three-game win streak. Packers are 2-3 and three after dropping two straight and looking legitimately terrible for the last two weeks. The Vikings are 1-4 after yet another heartbreaking loss that may lead to a slide from punching below their weight every week to having lost all of that weight in the form of Justin Jefferson. Really has been the primary driver of their offense this year. And the Bears finally did the thing. They're not going to be the first winless team in the 17-game season era. I'll give them that much credit at least. And the NFC North is the worst division in football. But before you go thinking that minimizes what the Lions are doing atop the division, they've only played one opponent from the NFC North, and they curb-stomped them. There's your party bus around the division. See you tomorrow with the team preview. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Come on, baby. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.